Hello, lifers, and welcome to a very special episode of Because Life Can Be a Niche Podcast. If wherever you are watching, if you're watching on YouTube or you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, we appreciate you and thank you for coming into the living room with us. Today, I'm excited because we, uh, I get to sit down with uh, my sorority sister, a very dear friend, and a an amazing, talented a beautiful, beautiful woman who uh, has so much to share and a story to tell. Uh, She's not only my sorority sister, but also a a faith-filled sister who has taken the music industry and recording career and traveling from being involved at such a young age, uh, starting singing and performing at age three, and then going on tour, opening up for people like Justin's Child and 112, to uh, gospel recording, to now having our own production company and also appearing in films and making music and developing uh, musical and most talented and and, and outrageously talented uh, family and uh, married to the love of her life, her soulmate, who is also in the industry. It's such a beautiful story. Uh, but but I invite you here to sit with us on these three, four episodes because it is so much to tell and so much to share that it is, uh, to me, uh, definitely something that is the worth the series that we're giving it because we go and we talk about the industry and making it in the music industry to uh, living and healing through uh, chronic illness, uh, something that she uh, deals with on a regular basis, but is coming on the other side of that to also healing from uh, sexual abuse and childhood trauma and coming out on the other side of that. It is definitely a story that you need to hear and share and and just you know sit down with us in the living room and just give a moment to uh, everything that's happened in, in in her amazing life and then where she is today and with her family and all the wonderful amazing incredible things that we are about to see and and even more to come so thank you guys for joining us and I'm excited to have Beauty Munoz uh, on on the scene with me. Um, just, I, I can't wait to just for you all to hear everything uh, and, and just share in this journey with her and uh, joining us on this podcast to do so. Uh, thank you. And let's take a listen. Welcome uh, back to our final part of our conversation with Beauty Munoz. Uh, If you've been following along, we've discussed uh, chronic pain, dealing with fame, and the choice to move on from a certain type of fame and into another part of the entertainment industry to uh, what it takes to blend families. And now uh, here we are to talk about a very heavy and uh, heartfelt story as Beauty shares her journey of childhood trauma, healing, and overcoming 
thank you so much for listening to the podcast and uh, this is a tough tough subject to discuss but please give uh, this artist your support in your ear and also be mindful and intentional with your own children and your families thanks for listening so now let's talk about um recently you shared on on instagram and i read it i read the post uh and i was first of all i was surprised i was hurt I was like, oh my gosh, who would have known this about my sweet beauty? (laughs) So you shared about a childhood trauma that happened that you recently recalled. It came to to your memory. It came out of the walls of what we sometimes lock away. Um... And you shared it publicly, which was beautiful and a very vulnerable space to be. But will you tell us about what led to you sharing that and what what was behind uh, how that, uh, that trauma happened? Well, it was not... Um... It was very difficult to share that post. It came with almost an insurmountable amount of trepidation. Like, don't out yourself. Mm. You've lived with this secret all this time. Take Mm. it to the grave. You know, but I just, um, I was so compelled. The Holy Spirit compelled me to, to share. And being in obedience to him, I had to deny my own, you know, sense of self-preservation or my own sense of privacy or image or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But um, I have a cousin that's on my husband's side of the family, awesome actor, um, talented guy, creative guy. And he, of course, he came into my life when, when my husband and I got, got married, but I didn't really know him until recently as an actor. I, did, I just didn't know what he did for a living, really. Um, so he was doing a one-man show about two years ago, 2019, um, and it was on my birthday. And so I'm like, oh, great. I get, you know, get a chance to go to this show. Actually, it was a surprise. I mean, let me back up. I didn't even know that that's where we were going. Um, I knew he was on tour with this show, but I didn't know where we were going. So CeeLo surprised me. He took me to this show and I'm sitting in the audience. And then I see our cousin up there doing his thing and opening the show and his wife, you know, and then the subject matter kind of, you know, it took me kind of, for a surprise, but you know, I listened and I was like, oh my gosh, okay, so he dealt with childhood trauma. He was sexually abused as a young boy. And not only was he abused by a neighbor, but he was also abused by a family member. 
And as I'm sitting there watching him act out these different parts of his childhood, I went back in time. Like in my mind, I, 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 was, I was physically in my seat. But if you were filming it in a, in a movie, you would have seen a flashback to my childhood self. And I remembered one of my abusers, person I, I haven't thought about this person in 40 years. I haven't thought about this person. They, they don't exist to me. In my, in my world, they don't, they don't exist. So I had locked it away and threw away the key. And when I'm sitting here in this live performance, that key resurfaced and unlocked those memories. And they started to come and I was sitting there and I, I started crying and, you know, hubby was like, you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. But it's, it's like, oh, it was uncomfortable because this was happening to me in public, and, you know, and people were around and I'm sure they were wondering like, what's, what's going on? Um, so at the end of it, we had a, a chance to give comments and uh, ask questions. And I, I just stood up and I told him how proud of him I was, you know, because it wasn't easy for him to bear his soul and to share his story. And in doing so, I was like, you triggered like memories for me. Like I'm straight up like going back in time, remembering things that happened to me. And I didn't even realize it. Like I, I didn't, like I knew in concept that I had been abused as a child, but I had disassociated myself from it. So I didn't remember detail. I didn't remember instances or situations. Mm -hmm. So once we had that interaction at my cousin's show, okay, we're going on months later, months later. I'm I'm already, this is 2019, so I'm I'm already dealing still with the sleep deprivation stuff. This is before I went vegan. Mm -hmm. Started uh just having nightmares and they weren't nightmares. They were memories. Mm. And I was, I was, I was traumatized. I was, I was um, tormented in my sleep by these memories. But it felt like dreams, like horror nightmares. That's what it felt like. And I would wake up out of my sleep crying, yelling. You know, Celos is like, are you okay? What's wrong? Are you okay? You know, it was just, it was a lot of that night after night in the months after, um, in the months after seeing his show or being at his show. And around, around about September or so of 2019, I, I forget, it was in the fall month, one of my cousins died and I felt no, nothing. I mm. felt nothing. I mm. felt nothing. And, you know, that was strange. But he was one of my abusers. Mm. He sexually abused me. I was three, three or four, maybe four or five at the most. Oh but when he died, I dreamt about that moment in my life when I was four or five years old. Mm -hmm. And I woke up with so much anger and pain and 
like my chest was um, like, oh, it was, it hurt, like, it hurt so bad, like someone had punched me in the chest, you know, like the impact of something hitting you. The, the amount of grief that I experienced with that memory, it was like over and over again, I was grieving the loss of my innocence. Yes, yes. Robbed of, of such a, a precious time, you know, when you should be enjoying dolls and playing outside in the creek and on the swing and, and at grandmama's house, you know, eating the peppermint candy out of the church purse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yep. and you have this secret thing that's happening to you that's being stolen. Did anybody know yeah. Let me say, thinking about it, this families have secrets. And that therein lies the problem. Because they be knowing that such and such and such be messing with them little boys. This is how they'll say it. Mm -hmm. Oh, he a peeping Tom. Mm -hmm. They'll talk about it and gossip about it. But what are you doing to protect the children? So I have a real problem with some of my family members who didn't want me to say anything. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, I'm friends with a lot of them on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Only one commented to comfort me. Really? Oh my. And I know I couldn't have been the only one. I know I couldn't have been. Mm -mm. Because that's not that's not the um method of operation for right. a pedophile. Right. In a family. They don't they don't they don't limit themselves. They don't discriminate. Mm -mm. So mm -mm. I knew I wasn't the only one, but um to this day there's been a whisper campaign about me and my post. Um, why she gonna do that? Whatever they're saying, I, I just let them say it because it's not, <laughs> it doesn't contribute to my healing. I'm, I'm dealing with something real, real traumatizing here. And even to this day, I am still remembering. Mm -hmm. So going back to, you know, 2019, and this person, you know, passes away and I, I feel nothing. And then the memories come. That, that really opened the floodgates because that certain cousin, his siblings, all of them violated me at different points of my childhood. So this was a, a family of pedophilia mm. and I don't know who all knew I don't know who all didn't know but at some point in time each of them maybe they talked to one another 
three boys and one girl, mm -hmm. I'm thinking she was probably abused. The mm -hmm. likelihood of her being abused and being the baby of that particular family, the likelihood is very high. I'd say 100% she was being abused. Mm -hmm. And that's why she abused me. And that's why they abused me. And I believe that keeping those types of family secrets only empowers that evil. Yeah. It, it empowers that evil and it allows it to exist and it allows it to grow and 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 gain more victims it, it just it so silence is never the answer but as a four or five six year old little girl I didn't know I thought I was gonna get in trouble I didn't never even think to tell nobody because it was like you better not say nothing mm. this is what they tell me you better not say nothing all right so mm -hmm. my six-year-old self is terrified of a whooping, I'm, I'm, oh God. If, if I could talk to her, if, if I could, if I could tell her, baby girl, you need to say something. If I could talk to my little girl self, mm. because I was so afraid of getting a whooping that I allowed, they, they were teenagers at the time. Now, now these were not no old men and nothing like that. They were, they were teenagers at the time. Mm -hmm. But I allowed them to, to con not allowed, it, it went on. I didn't have the courage to say anything. I didn't, I just didn't. And, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, you could have said something. You should have said something to turn it around on the victim as if they had a responsibility to be their own hero. Mm. No. Mm. Why did you leave me there? Right. Why, why were you somewhere? hanging with the grown-ups telling me I better not be in grown folks' business. Why, why weren't you parenting me? Why weren't you watching me? That's the kind of issues that I deal with now, yeah. trying to have a healthy relationship with my parents, my mom, my dad has, has since passed on. But um, yeah, because, you know, there was blame. And I, I felt like now that I'm remembering all this stuff, I'm really upset with the people that were in charge of taking care of me because I believe it should have never happened. And right. that's, <laughs> that's the frustration of it all that it did. It should have never have happened, but it did. it did. And now I'm dealing with the um, fallout from oh. what's happened. Like, like what happened to me 40 years ago has affected my entire marriage. It oh. has affected the type of parent I am. It has affected everything. It's a, it, the, the person that I am was born out of that trauma. And I didn't even know to call it trauma. I didn't even know that it was a trauma. I didn't know what it was because I locked it up and my brain right. protected me from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For all of my life, <laughs> literally, I've only really came into the knowledge of it all or the memories of it all in the last two years. So it's been very challenging. It's been very, it's been hell, to be yeah. honest. Do you think the family will 
is what are you guys doing? Are you talking about it at all? Do you, do you think there's an opportunity for the family to come together and support others who, who may come out? Or do you think it's just because I know what small towns are like and, um, and we can, we talk a lot about a whole lot of stuff and we gossip a lot about a whole lot of things mm-hmm. until it's a family secret like you share. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is some type of healing on that end with the entire family or anyone else feeling safe? I don't. This day, so? I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't. And because I know the method of operation of my bloodline. <laughs> and um, it would just be more of a gossip topic than any type of real like work to get towards some kind of healing or like the, the, the perpetrators are still at the cookout. You know, the, the, they still at the family reunion. They, right. <laughs> that's right. not gonna change. Basically, mm-hmm. it's my word against theirs. Oh, she she's she starting up some again. She knows she always thought she was out there. Oh, she got to be the center of attention. Oh, you know, it's like they won't cut me a break because they already, some of my blood, they think I'm trying to be better. And I'm not. I'm just, cannot, can, cannot do me. This right. is, this is. This is me. Mm-hmm. All of this is me. The drive, the 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 tenacity, the yeah. you know wanting to be somewhere with a microphone in my hand. That's just right. me. Right. That's that's just me. And either you love me or you, you know I'm just too much for some people, and that's okay. Okay. I, I'm all right with that because I I've made peace with the fact that I I am a larger than life type of person. I, mm-hmm. I I was born in the country, but I was not built for the country. Right. I wasn't. I wasn't built to stay there, is what I'm yeah, saying. Right. Mm-hmm. And as much as I, I love my humble beginnings, I know that God brought me, you know, through different seasons of my life. And he's taught me so many different things. And mm-hmm. part of it is discernment. So when you discern that a situation is, man, it ain't even worth your time. Baby, don't even waste your breath. Don't even. That's, that's the situation that that right there is. Don't even waste your breath because they're not, they're not going to see you for who you are. I am not Kendra. I'm not her. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly. I'm not her. Yes. I'm never going to be her again. Right. You that's knew right. her, but you don't know me. That's right. <laughs> and you know, people from your past, they traditionally try to keep you where they knew you mm-hmm. and it's like do you know how much time has passed I've, I've evolved I'm, I'm not her anymore that little girl is so, gone that's right and, and I think we should I'm, say that mm-hmm. for our listeners and our viewers your birth name was Kendra yes <laughs> when we met in college it was Kendra and and you've since your husband uh, renamed you. Mm-hmm. So we, I, we should say that. And then that's a story that 
we want to talk about. <laughs> but you're right that sometimes people from your past, um, when you move away or you grow in faith, even when you grow in God, you change oh, from yes. that person that you were anyway. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people who knew you when are still stuck there in that same mm-hmm. mentality, in that same place. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to say that someone thinks they're better than other people than to say, I'm not happy with what I chose in life. I'm not happy mm-hmm. that I chose to settle. I'm not happy that I chose not to live my fullest life or to live out my potential. It may not be performing or ministering or acting. It may be farming or owning your own business or opening up a salon, but because they have not taken that leap, mm-hmm. then it is very easy to attack the person who has mm-hmm. just gone mm-hmm. out that way. And and when they want you to stay there, you're right. You can't reason with that. You can't go back and try to say, you know, because they see Kendra. Mm-hmm. That's who they see. And and you can't argue with people who don't see beauty mm-hmm. and so don't <laughs> listen to beauty's story. This happened. It and it happened at the hands of of people in this bloodline, mm-hmm. and that's that can be hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I pray that it does get better for those who may still be holding on to that secret because they don't want to say anything or upset the family and but it's it's it is very brave of you to share your story because you don't know you probably gave someone else the strength or the courage to to seek help or to acknowledge what's happened to them or to be more watchful of their children. Mm-hmm. Because we, we go to cookouts and reunions and things, and mm-hmm. we just figure, well, it's our family, and you just let children run wild. They're mm-hmm. just gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're off with the kids, they play. Oh. No, we don't do that. What? And that's, that makes me, um, that has made me be that the helicopter mom. And because, you know, like I said before, I, I knew in concept that I had been molested, right? Mm-hmm. Growing up, you know, even, um, you know, throughout my marriage, we had had that conversation, but I didn't, I had disassociated myself with that knowledge. Like it's, it's one thing to know it. In fact, it's one thing to like be affected by it or attached to it. I wasn't so, but still within me, I was still inherently protective. And I'm talking beyond regular parental protective. I mean, like, I'm watching how you're holding her. I'm watching where your hand is going. Now, would I be um, uncomfortable approaching an adult to tell them not to touch my daughter like that? Yeah, it was uncomfortable, but I would rather ruffle your feathers than have my daughter confused about 
what is a good touch and what is a bad touch. You know? So we, we've always been very watchful and me more. <laughs> My husband, yes, of course, because he's got, you know, two beautiful daughters and a handsome son. So and it, it's not always just like girls or females who, who are abused. Boys mm-hmm. are abused just as much. Absolutely. So we've had those open, open conversations. We have never let them do sleep, sleepovers. The only sleepovers that they have had have been at our house where I can watch and I can see and I know who I'm inviting into my home. You know, and they've been with uh, girls that have gone to our church. And, you know, so it's been a very limited sleepover. But when they would ask me, can they go to a sleepover? It's always no, 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 no. Even if it's cousins, especially if it's cousins, no, no. They can come over here. You're not going over there. And that caused me to be like, you know, looked at as the bad guy, the tough guy, the heavy, you know, the parent that, you know, the helicopter, she's worried too much or whatever. They didn't even know it was worried because they didn't know what I was worried about, you know, concerned about. But that just, it just caused me to be so more watchful because pedophiles and predators are slick and they know how to avoid the radar Mm -hmm. they will volunteer to take a child to the bathroom Mm -hmm. Mm. something so you think they're being helpful Mm -hmm. they'll volunteer to change a diaper they'll volunteer to uh oh i'll I'll walk her up the street oh you gonna go to auntie house i'll walk you Mm -hmm. why 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 do you need to be alone with her Wow. Or him, you know, so it's just that it, it has affected me in that way. And I'm glad yeah. it has, because if someone had been more protective of me, maybe I wouldn't have, you know, the experience that I had. So, like I said, I'm still, you know, dealing with that, those issues with my mom and stuff. Just I told her, I let her know what happened. Of course, she was devastated angry, upset, all of the emotions that a mother can have when they find out that this has happened to to one of their children. So I definitely, I didn't want to add like more to her, like Mm -hmm. the, the shame that she felt for not being there to protect me, right? the guilt, but I, I, I had to realize and through therapy, I realized I was mad at her. I was upset with her and my dad. I was, I had buried it real deep down. But once I talked to my therapist, I'm like, dang, I, I'm mad at them because mm. this should have never happened. They were all hanging with the grownups, you know? Right. No, I wasn't playing. Yeah. I was going through torture. And yeah. so it's, it's still, a, you know, a, a rebuilding process. Right now, my sister, I, I have let her know um, as well, like over the last, through 2020 mm-hmm. and 2019, we've had conversations and uh, the same thing. She's my oldest sister. She's like upset, you know, blaming herself. I should have been there with you to protect you. I didn't know because this is her age group that violated me. These, these were... Um, in her age group and we're seven years apart. So they're, you know, eight or nine years older than me. Mm. Um, but as far as the effect that it has had on me personally, I know that 
I am a much more, I'm a control freak. Can we just be fair. real? Yeah, that's I'm fair. a control freak. And I know why now. You know why. I didn't know why before. I have to control the situation. In my marriage, I have had to control the situation with my children. If I'm at, involved in some kind of school function or benefit or PTA, I have to be the person in charge. Um, in my sorority, <laughs> in our chapter, I would not rest until I was president. You know, I, I, I have to be the person in charge. And that deep seated reason behind it is because I was not in control when I was violated mm. multiple mm. times. Multiple, oh, we're talking years of abuse. We're not talking about one time. We're talking about mm. years of abuse at the hands of these cousins. And mm. whenever there was a family function, whenever there was a reunion, whenever there was whatever, that, I already knew what it was going to be. I didn't, mm -hmm. Lord. So because I lost my power, I was, I was powerless against what was happening to me. Mm -hmm. I was defenseless. Um, devoid of any type of recourse. There, there was no, there was no way out for me. Whatever happened was what they wanted to happen. Mm. I, I didn't have a say or a choice or I had no power is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So when I became old enough, I did probably at the age of maybe 11 I can't remember, maybe I was in double digits, maybe 10. Um, there was this one of my cousins who was one of the main sleeve balls, let's say that, disgusting, disgusting person. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I will say this, you, you see things portrayed in movies like um, Roscoe Jenkins or or just movies that, that portray in the, in the black culture, um, how male cousins or even female cousins be looking at each other like, mm, yeah, I noticed my cousin, but dang, mm. you look good. That's, mm. This is the type of cousin I'm talking about. Inappropriate, complete in no way, shape or form is that appropriate. That is something wrong. That's psychological, yeah. that's, that's, that's wrong. That is a generational curse that must be broken. That is not okay, people. It's right. not okay. So when this guy still was coming at, oh, you, 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 my boo. Oh, you, oh, you, you just so pretty. Like, how do you stay so pretty? I'm 10. Can I go play now? You know, he drove up in his fancy car. Nobody had seen him for a while. This dude's been in and out of jail. So he's out of jail now. And he's coming to the family cookout or whatever. And it's getting like about dusty dark. You know, we call it dusky dark. It's getting mm -hmm. about that time, you know, sun's going down. And so us kids, we're all out playing and running. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm scuffing up my legs, but I'm having a ball because I keep falling. 
because <laughs> it's dark and I can't see and I'm chasing them and they're chasing me and I just wanted to be a kid and he kept calling me over to his car um and I'll be like I just want to go play and he kept calling me over to his car and he was, come just sit in my car this is my new car you will see my new car so I get in the car and I'm you know didn't want to be in the car but I'm 10 now I'm not six anymore. I'm 10 and I have a voice. You know what I'm saying? So if you try something, I'm not going for it. And that's, that was my mentality. So mm -hmm. he's talking, puts his arm around me. Girl, you look so good. I'm 10. Isn't that disgusting? Like, how do you even, as a girl, if, it, if I'm 10, that meant he was at least about 22, 23. Oh, my God. He was in his 20s at this yes. time. And he literally he literally tries to like kiss me on the mouth. I'm I said, I'm I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And I get out of his car and I run. And I didn't even tell nobody, Tree. Like why why I don't know why. Maybe I still was in that same Mindset, I'm going to get in trouble. I did something wrong. And that is, that is the evil that um, infiltrated my mind. When I say the enemy, mm -hmm. that is the enemy because the enemy thrives in secrecy. Thank and you. even, even, even in that moment, all I had to say was, he tried to kiss me. That's all I had to say. And do you know my daddy would have beat the living daylights yeah. out of him? Yes. That's all I had to say. But I didn't. And at the heart of it, I just wanted to go play. And so that's what I did. I, I just, I left the situation and I just went and played with my cousins that were my age, age appropriate. And I, and, and that's what I did. And that, that really was one of, that was the last um, incident of an actual attempted touch or attempted inappropriateness. Mm -hmm. But the comments still carried on even into my adulthood even into my 20s and oh. you know oh girl you sure do look good oh you, you done filled out you ain't a little skinny little thing like you used to be like comments like that family's gotta know there's more to it like this individual right. is is messed up in the head like this mm -hmm. individual has got some for real pedophilia going on you don't right. make comments like that about family and you don't make comments mm -hmm. about that about little girls you, or little boys you don't do that yeah. so with that being said I regained my control by never again losing never again will you catch me mm. without mm -hmm. having my power intact never again will you catch me where you can manipulate me, where you can control me, where you can get over on me. You will never be able to inflict your will above my own. You will never be able to victimize me again. And that you applied to everyone. Right. That you actually applied to my husband. Mm. That you applied to any and everybody in my life, professional, personal. And I just became yeah, like a real... Yes. You know, like, don't mess with her. Don't oh. mess with her. <laughs> don't mess with her. She'll tell you something. Because I didn't have a voice back then. You know, mm -hmm. and it's like, 
now that I have my voice, you're not going to do me like that. Right. You ain't going to do me like that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, my marriage, you know, paid a hefty price for my coping mechanism mm-hmm. because that's what it became. It, it became my go-to in how I dealt with life and my marriage. And I didn't know why certain touches just, ugh, I just don't like that. I don't, I didn't know why I didn't like the uh, kiss on the ear. I, I, you know, I didn't know why certain smells would just send me into a whole different direction of disgust. And that's, you know, within intimacy of our relationship within the confines of what a marriage is supposed to be. And unfortunately, of course, my husband is not those people. Of course, my husband would never hurt me. Of course, my Mm -hmm. husband would never inflict, you know, his will above my own. Of course, but in my subconscious. Now, remember, I only came into these memories like two years ago, but subconsciously, let me tell you how how the brain chemistry still um, seeks to protect you. And so my psyche was still trying to protect me from not the person, but the, the behaviors or the smell or the, or the something that I didn't like. And, and like my body would automatically like just be, flinching or like, oh, I don't like that. Or, oh, don't, you know, don't kiss my neck. I don't don't like that feeling. Why? Because I associated it with my past trauma. Subconsciously, I associated, you know. So um, we're happy that we're able to deal with it full on. We know what we're dealing with. And that is more than half the battle right there, really. Because before it was unexplained. It was like, why are you the way you are? I'm like, I don't know. Right. He's you like, know? I'm just trying to love you, girl. And you're like, what you <laughs> don't, don't touch my knee. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, what is wrong? Like, why are you this? Why are you so controlling? Why are you, why are you this? Why are you that? And I'd be like, I don't know. This is just the way I am. And you know, arguments after arguments and years of that personality that had uh, developed, it, it, it sprang up to protect me. Like I had another me in front of the real me yes. that was trying to protect the little girl yes. from years ago. And it's funny how multifaceted we can be as people mm-hmm. and especially as women, you know, but I Oh, thank God. I thank him. So, you know, it, it ain't been easy. It's, it's been one of the hardest battles, even even <laughs> harder than the chronic illness. The, these memories are something else because you can't escape. You can't escape your mind. You can't, That's you right. can't, it, where can you run? That's where can right. you run from your mind? Mm-hmm. And we got in counseling. We all, we all got in counseling. Even our daughters got in counseling because it was, you know, the household was shifting because I was shifting. I'm the person who is the rock. I am the glue. You know, I, you know, mom just do that. And when mom is unglued and when mom is, you know, this day took a toll. So we all had to seek our own, um, well, we, we 
sought family counsel from the same center and we had different um, people within that center that we talked to. And it was very beneficial for us to process our emotions and our feelings and our plans to come up out of what we found ourselves in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and glory be to God, we are all our best selves right now. Like 2021 right now, we, we are all our best selves. Like we, we're thriving. We, yes. God is so good. He is a restorer. Yes, a restorer. Yes. And I did not want an ugly cry today. <laughs> and I'm I've trying been, to I've been right now. Patting, I've been patting and priming. I was not going to oh, ugly cry, God. but God is so good and he's so faithful. Yes. And he is a restorer. You know, everything I've lost from yes. my health challenges, from childhood trauma, from mm-hmm. problems in my marriage because of that trauma, issues with my children because of that trauma, Mm. being too hard on them, being too protective of them. But God has given me um, peace and balance and restoration. And our relationships with one another are stronger than they've ever been. Even my son, he was just here visiting this week and we had time to hang out and we had time to go to the studio and kick it. And, you know, he was in there helping me with a song I was recording. So it's, it's come, it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's been a long time coming, but it, it's time for some joy. It's time for some peace. It's time for some healing. And this is, you know, this is where we find ourselves right now in this moment. And I just, Honey, praise him, praise him because he is so good, and so <laughs> merciful, and right on time, and giving you your beauty for ashes. That's right. That's where it came from. That's is where it that, came from. Well, just, just, just so is that not what your husband? Okay, tell us the story. Okay, now. let me tell. Let me tell the story. Let me get myself under control. Make up. I, I, I need you. Make up. Ah, well, you were you were partially correct. He did mm-hmm. solidify the name for me. Okay. Lord, I said makeup, and here come my puppy. You gotta come over here running. Shh, not your turn. <laughs> <laughs> He's all at my legs. Like, did you call me? Did you, call me? <laughs> Do you need the brushes, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, back when I was, you know, single and crunk for Christ and all of that. I had wanted so badly to go to this minister's conference and it was like only for ministers. And I just felt so bad that I wanted to go to this conference. So I had been praying and praying and fasting. And I came upon the scripture. um, He'll give you beauty for ashes, you know, joy for mourning. Um, And I was just pulled in by that scripture, Isaiah 61.3. And, um, I had wanted to go to that minister's conference and they called me and said, yes, you can come. You can, you can volunteer. This is what they said. You can volunteer. Mm-hmm. And so I went to this minister's conference and I said, I would be, I would be a, what did they say? A doorman or a door person at the Lord's um, house. It just let, just let me be in the building. Just let me be in right. the building. That's so right. I, I volunteered and I was at that minister's conference. And from then on that, that scripture 
although it wasn't connected to the minister's conference, it was connected to me. It just resonated with me. And so that name Beauty, I started calling myself Beauty for Ashes. And that was my that was my name, my low name, right? <laughs> but I started calling myself Beauty for Ashes. But not like I wouldn't even say in a public setting. I think it was more of an internal, it was more of a Saul to Paul incident where, you know, I realized I had grown, I had changed, like, I'm really not who I used to be. Like, the person I used to be would never want to go to a minister's conference. Like, the person that I used to be would want to go to Club 112 or, you know, Atlanta Live. The person I used to be would want to be at the club. The, the person I used to be is not this person who wants to be a minister. <laughs> so I um, realized in that moment that I had already began the progression of of change and evolution and becoming someone new. And I I needed a new name. It demanded a new name. So I went with Beauty for Ashes because of that scripture. And I'm telling mm. you, not not a couple of weeks, I don't even know if it was a whole month later, was when I met Silos. Well, re, he was reintroduced and God brought him back into my life. And he started calling me Beauty. I said, what you call me? <laughs> He was like, beauty. I said, wait a minute now. Now, the Lord already told me that my new name is Beauty for Ashes. And that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going by now. He was like, no, no way. And so it was confirmation. You know how God works. It was confirmation. And he said, you know, I don't think that your name is Beauty for Ashes. I think your name is Beauty. I think your album will be Beauty for Ashes. That's what I think. And he was, he was prophetically speaking when yes. he said that's what he believes my album name is, and then my name is Beauty. So, girl, that was 20, almost 21 oh. years ago. Oh, my And goodness. that's how long I have been Beauty. Not only spiritually, mm -hmm. the Saul to Paul issue, but in the kinship to my husband, this is who he called me, you know? So, mm -hmm. it, it has a very deep spiritual meaning for me. So, that's why it really, I think it, it disrupts my spirit so much when people call me Kendra, mm -hmm. because I'm just like, I'm not her. Right. I, I know you might want me to be, but I'm really not her, you guys. <laughs> I haven't been her in a long time. It, and what's associated with her is a lot of pain, too. Kendra is the one who got abused. Kendra is the one who was traumatized. Kendra is the one, you know, who was dealt with inappropriately. And that she really never got a chance to be a little girl. So I'm going to do that. Beauty's going to do that for her. I owe that to her. I'm going to give her that joy that she should have had in her childhood. Mm -hmm. So it, it has a lot of meaning for me that people, sometimes they just don't even slow down to hear why. They mm -hmm. just think I'm being, doing the most because I don't want to be called Kendra anymore. Like y'all just right. don't know, but that's okay. That's you ain't got to know. That, Read the book. Watch the movie. It's coming out. That's right. It's coming out. Speaking of because that's the perfect segue right on into where we are now. Healing, because every day we're healing. So healing mm -hmm. and and wholeness and love and happiness and 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 restoration. What's going on? What's your family doing now? What what projects are in the works? What 
what what you got going on, sis? I mean, <laughs> I know you do a lot, and and you you singing and acting, and just tell us. Let me be quiet. <laughs> tell us what okay, you're well, what your family's doing. Well, we as a family, we have a major project that we've been working on. It's been in the works. It has changed um, quite a bit since its inception, but Today, it is called Family Approved, and it is a t family television show um, where we are the stars of the show. Um, if you think back to like Donnie, um, the uh, Osmonds, or you think back to the Jackson 5 when they had their television show, or even Carol Burnett, um, yeah. even in Living Color. So this is a family variety show where we sing, we dance, we act, um, we have funny skits that we um, star in and alongside other uh, celebrities who make cameo appearances. Mm -hmm. And we have, you know, loving, touching, teachable moments. We have funny, crazy moments. And all of us have certain characters we play. So if you think about like in Living Color, you think of Homie the Clown. You think of all of those different characters, Wanda. You know, you think of all these folks that they became iconic because they had these crazy outlandish alter ego, you yeah. know, characters that they perform. So we all mm -hmm. have our certain characters that we dress up and transform into those different scenes. And it's mm -hmm. just a lot of fun. And it's just creatively like having a family television show. It's first of all, a lot of work, but it's like, when I see my kids doing their thing, when I see that the apple didn't even fall far from the tree, when I'm like, my God, they're so talented. And like, I've been there, you know, I've been there at the talent shows. I've been there watching them grow up. They've been with me in the recording studio. You know, we've all been together. But then when you see the, the, their craft perfected and you see them writing songs and writing scripts and writing scenes and like they know this business. Like they, they know they have grown up under Philo, mm -hmm. the director and the host. And, you know, there's nothing this man can't do. There, there's mm -hmm. nothing. I'm convinced. I know that I've seen too much. I know too much. <laughs> there's right. nothing he can't do. So to be married to that type of energy that's always life giving and supportive and cheering mm -hmm. you on. <laughs> I mean, it's, it it makes me laugh with like joy and yeah, I'd be like, man, I, I got a crush on you. I mean, I tell him now, I got a crush on you because he's just, um, he's one of a kind and he's mine. Mm -hmm. And with this television show, we were able to shoot our pilot right before Corona really started kicking up. So we shot our pilot mm -hmm. and the, we're in the, we're in the uh, phase now where we're negotiating and, you know, finding the right network that will be the home for family oh. approved. Uh, we went into the studio, what, um, just a few months ago to record the, um, the theme song for the show. And that in itself was so crazy fun. Like all of us on a record, I mean, if you don't know, like our, our son, Keto, he is already on his, what, uh, fourth album. 
he, he's moved out to LA. I think it's been made not quite a year that he's been in LA, but he's doing his own thing. He's writing, he's working on his own project, but he's also working on Issa Rae's project out in LA. Oh he's done um, multiple um, writing camps that she's done for uh, a, a writing workshop. And so he's a part of that engineering. He's a part of that engineering process and has its own cool projects going on. Mm -hmm. So can I do this for one quick second? You can. We pause and then and then we edit right yes, here. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Because my, my baby girl, she's about to go to work and I got to okay. put her hug before she okay. goes. Try to put this camera back. I'm sorry. I've been busy all day. I love you. You got yourself some snacks? Look, um, let, hold on, let dad get, get you something from Kroger. You just ate? Okay, babe. I love you. God bless you and keep you and cover you. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. And I think I moved the camera. So when you edit, I'm like, uh, I, I think, think the camera fine. moved a little bit. Okay, okay. No, you're good. You're good. Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. We have editing magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, girl. Um, okay, so let me go back into it. Yes. So our son, um, he has done so much in his career in a very short time. He is 30 now. But it's crazy when I say I have a 30 year old son and people look at me kind of weird, because we were literally in the studio like two days two days ago, and people didn't know he was my son. <laughs> you know, well, I, I think it works in both of our favors. He looks young, and I look young, too. We both look like we're around the same age, maybe, maybe. Um, so they were shocked when I was like, yeah, this is my son. But he, yeah, he, he's definitely making a name for himself in the L.A. scene, not only on the music scene, but also, you know, working on this Issa Rae project. We're very excited for him and what doors that will continue to open up for him. Mm -hmm. Yes, and um, our second born, Sayina, she's 17, and she mm -hmm. has her own film production company called ProTag Productions, where she produces, writes, directs, produces, stars in her um, short film. And so she has her YouTube channel and she has her following and she's mm -hmm. just doing what she loves. She's just, a vivacious, creative, beautiful yeah. inside and out type of individual. And, you know, she can see certain things. Even with me, she'll see like certain shots or she's like, mom, um, let's, let's take it right here. Like, so she's a photographer, but she also films a lot of projects, her own stuff and other people's stuff. She edits, you know, she's gotten side work doing editing football reels for some of the local football stars that are here in our new area. So she's getting work, you know, <laughs> cranking out these highlight reels. Um, mm -hmm. But she's just, you know, she's a singer. She's a songwriter. She's a filmmaker. And uh, she plays the ukulele, self-taught. She was oh, one God. of those people that said, you know, mom, if you get me this, I will learn it. I will learn it. And I'm like, are you sure? About three, four years ago. And um, I was like, but that's not easy. Like, how are you just going to learn how to play an instrument? Sure enough, 
we got her the ukulele on Christmas Day. She was already playing a song on her YouTube channel, already, you know, strumming and filming and taught her how, taught herself how to play um, the ukulele. And she played trumpet. She was um, in trumpet for many, many years. And she um, was first chair in like uh, sixth, seventh and eighth grade, which I think really influenced um, our youngest, Simone to start playing the trumpet and she took right off like like out the gate she's first chair already <laughs> playing trumpet and I told them now when mom was a music major at UGA I played trumpet I, no 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 I learned trumpet I did not play it very well at all like I did not because <laughs> as, as a music major we had to take all these methods courses yeah. The original program that I was in, I was going to be certified to teach band or chorus. So we had to take all these chorus, well, be involved in all these uh, choruses, uh, you know, and then we also had to take uh, methods courses like uh, trumpet, well, horns, percussion, strings. So I took violin, I took trumpet, I took percussion, of course, piano. Um, so they got it on us. I'll try to say that, but really, mm -hmm. I was not a real trumpet player not really but they are they are they got it yep and then uh, with Simone our youngest she's just when I say creative oh my gosh this girl can do anything she'll see it and she'll say I can do that and then so you know she's doing it like she's doing it like she plays the bass self-taught she plays the guitar electric guitar Oh, I, I had I had guitars sitting around for years. Like I kept saying, Oh, I want a guitar, I want a guitar. So she goes buys me a guitar. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so I play it. I played it. I learned, I teach myself how to play the bass. He bought me an acoustic. Acoustic was so very difficult. And it was hard to keep in tune. So I just I, I let it collect dust. So they were sitting like downstairs and um Simone was like, can I, you know, put these in my room? And I'm thinking she's just going to put it in there for decoration. Lo and behold, I'm hearing all this music coming from her room and she's actually playing the <laughs> instruments. I, li I thought she was just going to like decorate her room, but no, she's got, I got plans. And so she's um, been taking guitar lessons with the School of Rock and she is an excellent student, so much so that they wanted to put her in the band. <laughs> They wanted oh, to put her in. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> well, we, we declined because it's just a lot going on for us right now. She's just right. going to continue to take um, lessons, but eventually she's going to move to percussion because she wants to play drums too. But mm -hmm. she's just, um, and a songwriter. She's written several original songs, just like her sister on the ukulele, but she's written several um, songs on her own, on, on the um, electric guitar as well. And she play, has a flute and she has a, a percussion kit. So it's oh like music, they took it to another level. Like I'm a voice person, you know, and I am a, uh, I can play piano. I actually taught piano for many years, um, which I forgot to talk about. After that gospel career, I started teaching. I did private teaching. And before Corona really hit that's what I was doing a lot of uh, with my time and with my skills I'm a private lesson teacher so I taught piano and voice and you know right out of my home students just show up and we do an hour 30 minute session and cash yeah. app and we're done 
Do you still do that now, even though um, this whole panoramic is going on? But uh, do you still do it, or or what are you are you offering that? Will you offer it again if you're not? Well, I am not doing it so much. I'm not opposed to um, having one or two students. But the thing about uh, teaching privately is I always have taught on my own terms. So if it doesn't fit my Mm -hmm. schedule, then I don't do it. Or if I'm, you know doing other, other things with my time. Um, right. Like recently, I started doing a lot of um, extra work, mm-hmm. working on different movies and television that were filming here in the Atlanta area. Because, you know, this is the new Hollywood. So there's always something being filmed from Marvel movies to favorite television shows that people binge watch. So mm-hmm. I found like a little, you know, slice of life in that. And I, I, I really did love it um, until the pandemic hit. And then I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be here with y'all people. <laughs> people are, many, many have rejoined that um, form of work, but I have not. It's called gig worker. You just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you, you gig in on if something's filming like I did um, American Soul, which is basically Soul Train. I did two seasons, yes. so you you can you can definitely see me because I'm I'm in there quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, and I played different roles. I've been a dancer. I've been you know Soul Train dancer. I've been a wardrobe assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, just little appearances here and there. I did Genius Arisa. Mm-hmm. I did the Banker with Sam Jackson and Anthony Mackie. So gigs like that. I enjoy because you get to meet so many different people that are in the industry. It's not, for me, it wasn't really about, oh, I'm going to meet someone It was or networking. It was just, it was fun. It was something different that I had not done before. Now I've done acting and of course we have our own production company, but it was nice to do something away from like the norm or away from what I know, like, Zona Media Group, our company, that's mm-hmm. my comfort zone. I know that. We built that together. You know, right. that's, that's us. But mm-hmm. when you're talking about dealing with um, different production houses or, or different um, film companies in general, it's just fun to learn and see how they do things and, mm-hmm. you know, compare it on, you know, their scale of how they do things. So I have learned a lot and I have, you know, made some connections here and there, even though that wasn't the goal, but it was definitely a good, you know, byproduct, I guess. Right. Yes, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. It all flows together. It does. It really does. It all, you know, is connected because it's all entertainment Mm -hmm. and that's all I know to do. (laughs) <laughs> that's all that, I'm, let me say this that's what I was born to do that's what mm-hmm. I was born to. I know that my purpose is in the entertainment industry whether that's um, telling my story through song or acting it out mm-hmm. on stage in something that I've written or that's been written for me or whether that's writing um, yeah because I'm mm-hmm. writing some books yes that mm-hmm. I'm in the process of writing. Can't wait to get, can't wait to get my hands on them so that I can read. Because um, you have a beautiful story to share and to tell us. Oh, it's so much. So it is so much. Reading. So I hope you I hope you blocking off time uh, to write 
so that the that's world- what I need to do. Yes. <laughs> I need to block off time because there there's very little of it, and I um I even just remembered some other things that um I'm working on because yes. what I'm doing is getting back to me. Like you know how when you have a career and it's going, and then I got married and I had children, and I kind of had to put off me like I put off I I, I embraced us like the mm-hmm. family and what the family needs and what's important to the family. And I'm, I'm still doing that, but now that they're older and now that they're able to individualize and they're branching off and doing what they love. Mm-hmm. Now it gives me more freedom to kind of find myself and do the things that I love. And I think really right. that's where that doing extra work and being an actor, an actress on set, that's kind of where that, kicked off from because I'm like, okay, I can now kind of do something that I've always wanted to explore and just check it out and see what it's like. So um, <laughs> I've been recording lately. I've been writing the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. One of the things about it is that I've had time to write songs. I have written a ton of songs <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait to share them. And I can't wait to, mm-hmm. you know, record some of them I'm already working on um one of the major projects that I'm working on right now though is with the Ian Burke project he is working I don't know if you don't know yeah you better know Ian Burke is the driving force of the Atlanta music industry anybody who's anybody who became somebody he had something to do with it okay (laughs) he got so many people their record deals. He got them, you know, set up with promotion and distribution. He got them in front of the right people. He got them in the right room with the right people, with him involved in making sure that um, this young talent that they just found at the mall, okay, so now he's on BET and now he's got a single out. This, this is a story that has been replayed so many times from TLC to 112 to Monica to all of these people that we know and that really is our era, like the 90s era, he put them on the map. He put them, he is the dream weaver. And that's what his new um, television show is called, Dream Weaver, because he is the one who wove all of these dreams into existence. And if it were not for his involvement, people Mm -hmm. would not be cashing in today. (laughs) You know, people would not, we wouldn't even know them basically. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from their own mouth, you know, from Jermaine Dupree, from Arrested Development. Uh, um, the All list, of the artists here. The list mm-hmm. goes on and on and on and on. So mm-hmm. anyway, you know, he, he's a big brother of mine and mm-hmm. knowing him for over the many years and he and Silos are, are super close. Mm-hmm. And um, he asked me to be a part of his project. So I was just in the studio recently working on the theme song for this television show and I'm just you know I'm I'm very excited first of all I'm thrilled I'm thrilled to be asked and even thrilled to be um considered and because really if Roxy had popped off the way it was supposed to we would have been one of them groups too Right, so we we would have we would have been one of those household names just like Destiny Child, just like One Twelve. We would have been, but um, I can't deal in the shoulda, woulda, coulda because God had His plan, That's right. and 
it worked out the way it is supposed to work out. Um, but that is one of the projects that I'm working on now. Oh, so. <laughs> oh that's exciting, girl. Yes. Yeah, so, so you're, you're going to have to do, you're going to have to send me all of this information <laughs> so people know how to reach out. Your production company, can do you work with budding artists or what? What do you do? How how can people connect there? Well, that is that is one of the, I guess, one of the branches of um, our company is we do offer artist development. So just like Silos and I came up under that old school artist development, that is one of the services that we offer. And we work with artists, we work with new artists, we work with established artists, and it kind of all ties in since I'm a vocal coach and he is a trained car, uh, choreographer and um, artist developer. So our, our skills and talents just marry very well together. And it makes us a, you know, a dynamic duo of a team that we can dispense our knowledge <laughs> and experience to other people who are coming up in the game. Mm -hmm. But uh, we worked with one of B.B. Um, King's granddaughters. Her name is Balby King. And she is a recording artist. She's out West now, but she lived in the Atlanta area for a while. So we worked on her project and basically start to finish from finding the producers that are going to work the project, making sure it's a good chemistry, you know, matching up the artist and the producer, getting in the studio. Um, I write and I also vocal, vocal produce for mm -hmm. the artist. And, you know, we just make it happen. We package, we brand we establish a social media presence. Um, there's a lot that goes involved with it, especially getting stage ready before you hit the stage, getting ready, like things that I've mentioned to you in the past mm -hmm. about that old school way of arts development. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely something that we offer and, and we look forward to working with people who want to work. That's the thing. want to work. Uh -huh. We're going to put that in the show notes and um, we'll have it on the screen and everything too, because I know it's a lot of y'all out there listening and watching and you're thinking, how can I get my big break? Uh, well, start here, uh, right mm -hmm. here with, with Beauty and CeeLo. So we're going to make sure people know how to get with that and get that information. So now, good. you know, I can't let you go. I can't end this fight. <laughs> With a little something, something, a little taste <laughs> of your voice. And it doesn't oh have to be a whole song. It can just be something, something that, that, that one of your favorite songs, something that just gives you peace, hope, mm. love, uplifting soul. Just, so, just give us a little sample mm. of, of it. I'm thinking. <laughs> we might have to edit this part. I'm thinking. You don't have any requests, do you? Nothing's popping into my no, head. I, mean, I, mm -mm, I, I want it coming right from, from you, right from what mm. you want. What would you, if you could sing for uh, something that means something to you and that resonates, what would you sing? Okay. Well, this is a song. It's it's not it's not it's not a gospel song, but it has given me encouragement, and it, it's it's given me like 
self-worth, you know, because sometimes dealing with issues, chronic illness, trauma, just life, um, it can make you feel like somebody help me, <laughs> somebody mm -hmm. rescue me, God, some, anybody, somebody help me. And even though, of course, God is always there. Mm -hmm. We have the ability to write our own story. And that's, that's, if you take away something from this conversation that we've had, mm -hmm. <laughs> this time that we've spent together, take away the fact that you do have the ability to rewrite your story. And that's, that's where I am right now. Um, yeah. There's a verse in the Bible that says something to the effect of my lips or my tongue or the pen of a ready writer like mm -hmm. you're you're ready for the holy spirit to tell you the right thing to say the right thing to do and there's also a verse that says um i will hear a voice behind me mm. telling me you know which way to go when i turn to the left and when i turn to the right you'll hear that voice behind you so it's mm -hmm. not always us that's doing this miraculous work it's the God in us, but we know that we can be a hero, like be your own hero of your story. Write yourself in as the lead. Write yourself in as the That's hero true. that rescues you <laughs> from your own patterns or your own trauma, your own self-destructive tendencies. You know, rescue yourself. Do the work. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. It ain't never going to be easy, but you have it within you to do it, mm -hmm. um, to make it so, to right. manifest it. Um, mm -hmm. So this is a song. I actually posted it the other day, but I just posted a little snippet. I will see what I can do with it. Okay. It's my A and B selection, but really only A. A um, is very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Ready? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a hero. If you look inside your heart, you don't have to be afraid of who you are. There's an answer. If you reach into your soul and the sorrow that you know will melt away and then a hero comes along with a strength to carry on and you cast your fears aside and you know you can survive when you feel like hope is gone look inside you and be strong and you'll finally see the truth that a hero Bravo, bravo. Oh my goodness, girl, you feel your goosebumps. 
Just look, I just, oh my gosh, your voice is, and beauty is her name. Your voice oh, is amazing. Oh my goodness, my sister. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast, coming into the living room with us, sharing your story, sharing your triumph that the little girl from Tacoa, Georgia, <laughs> can yep. end up on stage in Hollywood performing with I mean performing with people from Hollywood and with their own production company and their own thing and then have a whole talented family it's just come full circle and I'm so grateful to you for showing us what, what God can do and then what you mm-hmm. can do with God's help so amen 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 well i i thank you for for the opportunity for the platform for um yeah opportunity doesn't seem to it's not a big enough word you know because sometimes people just you need to be heard like you need to be heard and that's what you've given me I have not really been able to, you know, share all of this, certainly, <laughs> you know, in, in one sitting, um, mm-hmm. but to be able to share, you know, aspects about my life and my childhood and my career and family and all of that in, in one sitting, I, I appreciate that platform. I appreciate you hearing me. It's so important for us to be heard and valued and received. And that's what you have provided for me. Oh. And I thank you so much. Thank you for joining the podcast, coming into the living room with us. Once again, we appreciate you. If you are listening to this, thank you so much. Please get in the comments. That really helps us a lot. And if you would like to watch this episode on YouTube, uh, follow our channel. Life can be a niche on YouTube. And be sure to subscribe and share. You are listening to music by beauty. This is No Stopping Me, Shake the Dust. Give it a listen. Give her your support. Follow her on Instagram at Beauty Sings. That's one word, at Beauty Sings. And make sure you get after it. Thanks so much. Yeah. Y'all know what it is. Introducing Beauty Ha. But I'm not the beast. I'm the billionaire. Come on, beauty. Do your thing. Lego. Let the beat drop. Let me see you walk that walk. Standing there doing all that talk. Blah, 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 blah. What you really think you gon' do? Think I'm gon' jump if you say boo. Sneaking around, copping all my moves. You got another thing coming to you. This is my groove. Make your move Hey, stop it for nobody Can't sit down Won't back down Hey, stop it for nobody Won't stop in me Move out the way No stopping me Can't you see I'm partying? Stop, shake the dust and creep and move it. What? You stare 
coming through Never seen a whole girl get down the floor I'm gonna show you more and more Keep on looking Things you never seen before My flow keep you moving all night long And DJ keep on playing that song I said DJ keep on playing my song This is my groove Make your move Can't stop it for nobody Pushing them beamers, uh, whipping them benzes, uh, getting them in, breaking bread with my friends. Yes. Yes. 